In this episode of Compliance Man, True or False, we explore the question of whether the compliance function should be located within the corporate legal function. If you're a compliance professional, then Compliance Man is here to help you figure out what to focus on and how within your organization. Join your host, Tim kazanoff Bataroff, the Compliance Man, for three minutes of condensed compliance awesomeness. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to another episode of Compliance Man, True or False. This is the new series and season for Compliance Man. And as always, I'm joined by my friend, Tim kashinoff Batarov, a compliance practitioner who focuses on compliance in international markets for the past 20 years. Based upon his work experience in six countries as an in-house compliance officer, Tim now consults senior managers and compliance officers globally on complex ethics and compliance matters as a partner and head of compliance practice for the law firm Eternal Law. On top of this, Tim is the co-founder of Compliance Club, an international community of practitioners and uh, practitioners meetings, which I periodically get to attend as well. You can learn more about Tim, Compliance Man, the Illustrated Series, a YouTube channel, and request advice by checking him out on LinkedIn, and we'll uh, link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. In each episode of Compliance Man, True or False, we take on a provocative topic from the corporate world's real-life agenda and try to determine if it's true or false. It will be a tough and straightforward talk, and we invite you to participate in these discussions by commenting on each podcast and even proposing topics for the True or False series. So let's have a conversation. But before we get to today's topic, uh, you have some very exciting news about your new position, Tim. So I was wondering if you'd tell us about uh, the practice at Eternal Law, what you're doing, where you're going to be doing it, perhaps how you're going to be doing it. Tom, hello. Thank you for having me today. And I'm glad to say hi to all our listeners. And thank you for your congratulations. I have joined Eternal Law Firm, the law firm that provides legal and compliance solutions for emerging markets, primarily for Eurasia and Middle East. So I will be responsible in advising our clients among multinational corporations and top management of those corporations with regards to compliance risk management. So uh, I'm happy that I'll be able to promote further the ideas of anti-corruption compliance at a much larger scale. So I will be glad if someone from our listeners will contact me and hopefully I'll be able to advise or give at least a couple of life hacks about compliance at high-risk markets as 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 we call Eurasia and Middle East. Tim, uh, where is the firm headquartered? Well, we have the headquarters in Kiev, in Ukraine, and we advise our clients uh, from uh, on operations from all over the former Soviet Union. Yesterday, we got award in cross-border litigation award, and we also have an office in the United Emirates. So we also have an office in Europe, in Germany. So we have a lot of international work and 
a lot of international compliance work. Well, Tim, we're going to link to the firm's website in the show notes, so I would encourage any listeners who want to find out more information uh, to check that out. Uh, Today, we're going to take up, a, uh, I think, one of the most controversial topics in compliance, even today, Tim, which is, uh, is it bad with compliance, corporate compliance, as a part of the corporate legal function? And as always, um, we're going to try to debate this, true or false. Uh, What are some of your initial thoughts, Tim? Well, Tom, based on my 20-plus years of career as an in-house compliance person, I strongly believe that it is just bad when compliance is a part of legal. So it is a nightmare. To start with, there is a conflict of interest as in-house lawyers are kind of supporting business deals while compliance officers sometimes might act as a deal killer by spotting, for instance, FCP risks. So these functions just have to be separated. Well, Tim, uh, I would have to say I agree with your analysis, but perhaps for different reasons. Um, And it may be the difference between uh, corporate lawyers in emerging markets and corporate lawyers in the United States. But in the United States, corporate lawyers' job is to protect the corporation. It is not to do business ethically and in compliance. It is to defend the company, first of all, to keep it out of legal trouble. But if legal trouble arises, it is to uh, circle the wagons and defend uh, the company. That does not mean um, fixing a problem. That does not mean remediating a problem. That does not mean even looking to see what caused the problem. And I think as you and I have talked about, Uh, Throughout the Compliance Man series, we both view uh, the roles of a compliance function as to detect, prevent, and remediate. And I don't see that as part of the corporate compliance function. But it seems like you think that um, perhaps uh, legal officers um, are more concerned with uh, supporting business and actually uh, uh, being a part of the business to do deals uh, if I've understood that correctly, could that be a difference in, in the corporate legal function in uh, the United States and emerging markets? Well, Tom, I agree with you that uh, there is a conflict of interest in certain cases. I mean, I believe that it's just not good when a person that has two hats, a compliance guy who is kind of a risk manager, and in the very same time, he or she acts as a chief legal officer, at least there might be cases when, you know, this person has to decide, has to make a choice, has a dilemma. So from my perspective, those functions have to be separated. But still, Tom, we have different arguments, you know, that, for instance, uh, sometimes lawyers are also aware about compliance risks. For instance, I have a legal background as well, and I I know, Tom, that you are a lawyer as well. However, what I have seen in practice, that majority of in-house legal functions tends to be kind of business-oriented, which in simple words means say yes to business more often than you say no. Having said that, as I I just uh, stressed out, it is too dangerous to have a person wearing two hats. So at least he or she, in some instances, will need to think twice. 
if you have an independent compliance person, you will avoid all these dilemmas. So Tim, there's another reason why I think <clears throat> compliance should be separate from legal, and that is <clears throat> reporting. Um, the U.S. Department of Justice has mandated that compliance, uh, chief compliance officers, the compliance function, have reporting ability to the highest levels of the company. So uh, typically that's the board of directors. And if a compliance function reports to legal, uh, the legal department may prevent them from reporting to the board of directors if there is a compliance violation that that is serious enough that merits board attention. And so um, I, uh, I think the Department of Justice has made clear that compliance has to have that uh, visibility to the board. And I think the, the better practice as well is to have compliance and legal separated in addition to the conflict of interest you've talked about, in addition to the business focus of legal, do you have the same concern about a board of directors or rather a chief compliance officer having a direct access to the board of directors if they uh, are a part of the legal function? Yes, Tom. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I need to say that you are right. And based on my practice in corporations, what I have seen that the guy who is called a chief compliance officer being on practice a deputy chief legal officer has no access to the board of directors just because he is not a member of the board. While the chief legal officer, who also has a head of chief or the, the, the most important compliance person in the room, he has access to the board. That would mean that the guy who has expertise, who also who, who is responsible personally for compliance, a legal uh, compliance person, he or she has no access to the board. While the legal person who has, you know, just additional functioning as a compliance guy, he or she has that access. And of course, we, we both understand and our listeners understand that legal and compliance person is more legal, frankly. It's not about compliance, it's more about legal. And it's best. Well, Tim, it seems that we have come to a resolution that uh, we both believe that it is true, that it is bad when compliance is a part of the corporate legal function. So this has been an exp uh, interesting exploration of this uh, question. Um, any closing thoughts? It's good that this time, Tom, we have the solution and we agree with each other because as you know it doesn't happen that often in 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 this season so yeah it's not good to have as one function legal and compliance departments so unfortunately we are near the end of our time for this episode of compliance man true true or false but uh, i am tom fox the compliance evangelist and myself and tim kajanov batteroff are here for you join us for our next episode of Compliance Man True or False. If you disagree or wish to share your views on this ethics topic, uh, please comment us, uh, comment uh, on the podcast, any of our postings. We'll be glad to hear from you. We hope to have a global conversation. Tim, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Man True or False. If you'd like any more information on Tim, I've linked to his 
LinkedIn profile, which will tell you more about himself and his new law firm. Also, please join us again for another episode of Compliance Man, True or False. This month on The Compliance Life, I premiere a new podcast guest, Gabe Hidalgo, Managing Director at K2 Integrity. Gabe has one of the most unique journeys to the CCO chair that I've come across. I hope you will join me the first four weeks of June for an exploration of moving to, sitting in, and moving from the CCO chair on The Compliance Life, a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.